G'day everyone, welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. I'm Mark, known across most social media as Mark and Cars, and as always, joined by Ajmal. G'day Ajmal, how are you? Hey Mark, uh, I'm good. I'm Ajmal, flat cab driver on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, not doing much on YouTube these days, but I am good. The sun is out and we have an amazing guest today. Who is it? It is Brian. Hello, Brian. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. I've talked about Brian quite a lot um, of rent vehicle design. You can see the sign in the background if you're watching. No, we haven't recorded the video, Mark. Oh, let me hit Not record on the video. Just give me a minute. But we've wanted uh, Brian on. We've wanted Brian on for a while to talk about uh, all things Porsche, all things vintage Porsche, and also uh, he's got quite a big uh, event going on in July, uh, a charity event. I'd really like to talk about recording that in away. progress. Um, I'd like to talk about that straight away, if that's all right, Brian. Um, just about what it is, what it means to you, and um, and how it it's came a, about. It's a bit, it's a bit personal to me. Let's hear it. So, uh, well, it, it's kind of interesting, really. Um, unfortunately, last year I got diagnosed with cancer. Ooh. So, wasn't wasn't the best news but anyway got looked after by some very efficient people who were very good at what they did and i am presently living proof that you can get it sorted so it made me realize that back in the day i used to be a gold professional and i used to do an awful lot of work for charity um but life has a way of throwing you the odd curveball and over the last 10 12 years haven't been the most charitable chap in the world um gave me a little bit of a kick in the pants really and I thought right what am I passionate about and that obviously these days is Porsche uh, and my chow chow dog um who is insta famous far more than I am by the way <laughs> um, <laughs> with good reason you've met her have you not I've met her yes yeah there you go so um I decided that we needed to start giving back um and through a portal that I enjoyed really so i think the idea of charity work is to give something to people that are less fortunate than yourself but by doing it in a way that isn't arduous and is fun to do so uh, being a bit of a portionate and and now um seriously affected by the racing bug um i thought we'd start up our own track days which we do uh, which are porsche only uh, they're not the cheapest days in the world um, because it's all for charity it's completely non-profit uh, we do three or four a year. Um, and the one that we've got on the 7th is uh, we've actually got Ben Collins, the stick, the original stick, coming down and fronting it. He's helping us. He's not charging us. He's doing it all um, to promote awareness of cancer and skin cancer in particular. That was my uh, drug of choice, if you like. Um, and to get like-minded people um, with new, old, indifferent, great, amazing Porsches to come up and have some fun. So that's what we're doing. So 7th of July, be there or don't. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so where uh, is it? Brian, where is it? Thruxton. Thruxton. So, again, Thruxton, uh, we use Thruxton, one, because it's the fastest track in the UK. Um, so you need to develop a very steely nerve is the polite version of events, or balls of steel might be a more accurate um, description of driving there. Um, and it's it's old school. So, you know, we're very much into old school Porsche. Um, we do look after people with RSs and GT3s and 2s and all the rest of it, but predominantly we're old school. Um, you know, I love going to Silverstone. I love going to Brands. 
Uh, but Thruxton's a bit like Goodwood. It's a little bit like stepping back in time. So it lends itself well to what we do. Sounds amazing. So, Brian, as an Aussie, as you can yeah. clearly tell from my accent, skin cancer is one of the biggest killers of Australians, sadly, due to our hole in the ozone layer and our temperate climate. I'm, yeah, I know all about it. I'm absolutely baffled that a POM has ever had it. Well, there you go. Well, I'm a POM, absolutely, but I have got a little bit of a messed up accent. Um, so I'm, I'm often accused of being Australian, so I sort that out. From that, the wouldn't ha- that wouldn't happen here, that confusion, not possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does over here. Believe I can me. imagine, I can imagine. Um, yeah, but um, the skin cancer thing really for me was um, previous profession. So I played on the circuits for 15, 16 years. I was travelling Southern Hemisphere 46 weeks a year. Yeah, that'll do um, it. And it, it, it's not a case, you know, there's a bit of a misunderstanding with skin cancer you know people think it's to do with being burnt it isn't it's just to do with uv light so um uv isn't nasty stuff you know so uh the heavier the load the more you're going to get it so you know australians quite obviously you've got slightly better weather than we have Um, so you're going to be yeah exactly so you're going to get a lot more uv um you know over here it's sports people farmers airline pilots, anyone that's susceptible. It's, it's about UV load. Um, unfortunately, I know a bit more about skin cancer than I used to. I can imagine. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just being sensible. You know, it's, it, people think it's about being burnt. It isn't. You know, it's just about the load that you get. Um, the surgeon that I went to, you know, sort of said to me, it's not a case of if you got skin cancer, but when. Or you how know, bad. I, I got to 54. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the how bad thing is really just down to... Uh, one lock of variants, so there's two or three variants, and uh, two speed of getting something done. Um, cancer in all its forms, um, it, there are some that are untreatable, um, but most of the forms it's about early diagnosis and actually getting something done quickly. Um, I was not so fortunate in the early diagnosis, but we did get something done very quickly. I'm very, so, uh, I'm very pleased to say good. that you're here with us still, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, look, I come from the west coast of Australia, so over in Perth, and yeah, I got to tell you, I've lived here for thirty plus years now, and there is not a day I don't put sunscreen on to go outside, regardless of the weather. Absolutely. Nor does my you, daughter. You, you, you sound like my wife. <laughs> I'm sure she's way more attractive than I am, however. I'm afraid to say you're absolutely spot on there. Um, so, yes, she is. Thank God for that. Um, but you're quite right. You know, it's a daily ritual for myself. I, I apply sunscreen twice a day. Um, Fantastic. You know, and, but ha- to be fair, though, you know, even if I did that, I would still have got skin cancer. Sure. So, sure. you know, when I was on tour, I always put screen on. I always had factor 9 million on. It's just a case of UV load. You know, if you, yep. if, you, if you go and sit out in the sun all day long, I was working in the sun all day long, you're going to get a problem. You know, you'd be very lucky if you didn't. It, it, it's pro rata. Yep, sure. Well, it's a very important message, and I'm glad that you're doing something about it and getting awareness out there. But most people don't tune into our podcast because of skin cancer. What they tune into is about you, Porsche. Is it? It is. You wouldn't I'm believe on the it. Wrong road. Porsche you, talk. You, you wouldn't believe it. Let's talk about Rint. No. What's exciting? What's happening right now at Rint? 
Uh, we're doing all sorts. I, uh, I have got severely affected by the rinse bug and the racing bug. Um, so we now have almost five race cars. Well, um, I say almost. So we race in three or four different classes and clubs. So we do CSCC, which is Classic Sports Car Club. We were at Brands at the weekend. Hold on, hold on. I will. And yes, we finished third. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, So we race in the Porsche Motorsport Division in Boxster Cup. Um, So we have a Class 3 car, a Class 2 car. Um, We have a professional driver, Colin Tester, who races a 964, a uh, RSR-style car that we've just about finished building. Um, So that will go into the 911 Challenge. Um, We've also got... uh, Hold on, you've got a GT4, haven't you? I do. Ah, see, clever man. Yeah, I have one as well. (laughs) So, um, But we're putting that into racing colours and we're going to use it for track days. Amazing. So um, we'll have five cars, four will be out-and-out race cars. Uh, The GT4 will be in the same livery. Um, Again, I'm all about old school, being old myself i don't like newfangled stuff a bit like iphones and zoom calls and all that sure (laughs) um but uh i do love old school cars so um our cars on the grid kind of stick out Mm -hmm. um in that they are old school cars so they look pretty cool they're very quick and they're fun to drive so we do a bit of that um, but we've got an awful lot else going on at Rinse as well. I could bore you senseless. What would you like to know, sir? <laughs> so your bread and butter, let's talk about that. Monday to Friday. Yeah. Is it race cars? Is uh, it servicing? Is it air-cooled? Is no, it water-cooled? We, we do very little servicing. So uh, we build cars. Um, so we do classic restoration to sort of Porsche standards. Sure. Um, so we do 356, 12s, uh, 11s. Um, that's about it really Um, we also do sales um, but we do a lot of resto mod stuff as well so um, I I hate to mention the word singer Um, but they do some very very cool cars I've driven a few of those and we do or well on our way to doing something that's a rent car Um, we've got a couple underway at the moment we've just completed a twin engine electric restoration that's a rent car that we're going to release in a couple of weeks um, in Rumi Stone Red, pink by any other name. Great colour. Um, Poor drivetrain. Yeah, Keep going. Got, yep. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely love Ruby Stone Red. Again, I'm an old school fellow, you know, so I, I, I'm man enough to wear pink, as I'm sure you are too. Is it is it not amazing how acceptable a colour becomes after 30 to 40 years of being off grid? Yeah, no, exactly. Well, it's a bit like bell-bottom trousers, isn't it? If you keep them long enough, they'll come back into fashion. <laughs> I reckon Ajmal's got a pair. As well, have you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure he does. I yeah, I mean, I've he probably had somewhere. Yeah. With, <laughs> I'm not that. I'm not that old, but um, but I just don't know. No, but uh, you're close. You're, you're, uh, there you go. I rest my case. What is that cap all about? <laughs> the, cap, the cap is just to you know stop uh, the exposure to sun. The UV, yeah, head. the UV on the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anti yeah, UV, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, I believe it. Thousands wouldn't. I was just going to say thousands wouldn't. Well, I was just going to say about the the restoration and the possible resto mods. Compared to Singer, yeah. Singer is a completely re-engineered. I mean, Mark and I have talked about this before, but can you even yeah. say that it's still a Porsche? Whereas you guys, 
the stuff that you do, it retains the essence of being a Porsche. It's still everything that a Porsche is made to be, but kind it, of it is. a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, again, it, it, it's about me being old school and boring, really. So uh, I love I love the periods. You know, I love the stories that I've heard from um, first sort of Porsche race drivers and, and how things were back in the day. You know, I like uh, we called the place Rint after Joachim Rint because I love the story of that guy. You know, there's a an absolute unbelievable talent that just would not take no for an answer. Um I'm not comparing myself to him, but you've met me and yes. I don't take no for an answer. So it kind it was kind of a very loose tie to Porsche in that he, he only really raced two Porsches, I think, at Le Mans, both of which uh, promptly blew up on him. Um, but he was, a, he was a balls out, very serious, I don't care what I do, I'm just going to win race driver, you know, and, and the only posthumous winner of the F1 title to date. So I yeah. mean, he was in a league of his own. So it yeah, was kind that- of a... Go on. Yeah, it was, no, it's absolutely. kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, because the yeah. thing, the thing about uh, obviously rent vehicle design for anyone who isn't a huge Formula One fan, obviously Jochen Rent died in 1970, yeah. was it? Um, yeah, and yeah. he became the world champion after he died, and it was the season that he told his wife, "I'll retire after I become world champion." And yeah, unfortunately, right. yeah. yeah, unfortunately for her and him. And if you talk about like Bernie Eccleston, probably not my favorite Formula One person, uh, but he's yeah. he still gets a tear in his eye when he talks about Jock and Rin because they were really good friends. And he and he yeah, still he was he was massively wife. liked, wasn't he? Very well, yeah, he was, off. and completely fearless in his driving, and um, which is what led yeah. to. I mean, he was leading the championship by so much that no one else could win it a few races after he died. It was yeah, confirmed it was that three races to go, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. And all the others were mm-hmm. taking points off each other. And it ended up that he yeah. was um, he was world champion. So for anyone who's not a huge Formula One fan, that's a slight backstory. The other thing about uh, Rint, when I've been to your place, and obviously we had a, a brief chat before, um, you yeah. specialise in right-hand drive. I've never seen so many classic right-hand drive. You, you should and come down and have a look right now. We've got even more than your last visit. So Everywhere yeah, I looked I'm, before, I didn't see a left-hand drive one. <laughs> yeah, well, there are two imposters out there. There are a couple of left-hand drive cars, but basically, yeah. The we, way they we were meant to be built. Drive cars. Sorry? The way they were built. The yeah, left-hand absolutely. Drive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right-hand <laughs> drive, yeah. So we, we try and get hold of, of what's rare, really. Um, yeah, great. Again, we, we're pretty well known for that, you know, and... Right-hand drive, as you know, carries a massive premium. And, and these cars are really, they're huge fun to drive, um, but they're not inexpensive to buy. So we try and give customers uh, as good as value as we can, but as good a chance going forward uh, to retain their investment and maybe even make a bit on it. You know, nobody's got a crystal ball. Nobody foresaw COVID and so on and so forth. But in what we would uh, count as a normal world, you know, they'll they'll go up in value. Um and I like to restore cars back to how they were and put a little personal touch on them. And, and our sort of rest of mod cars, we are doing some bonkers stuff to them, but we we still use old school chassis and so on and so forth. So uh, we do it a bit differently. We do have clients that want us to backdate 964s, but in an ideal world, I try and buy 73 back, uh, long or short wheelbase, and we use that as a donor car and then go from there when we're doing rest of mod stuff. Oh, that's interesting. So, but, a great way to do it. Yeah, we just... Yeah, we just do something that 
I, I try and what we try and do is do subtle, you know, so a nod back to the days of the 60s, um, you know, and the stories from the 60s are just amazing. You know, Vic Elwood and how he got his first car and standing in poor showroom in Chiswick and refusing to go until they lent him a car to win his first series. You know, they're, they're just awesome stories, but they happened, you know, and I, I, that's kind of me. I like, the, you know, the best thing you can say to me is it can't be done. Um, I'll find a way. You know, I'm not saying I can do it, but I'll certainly find somebody who can help us do it. Um, and that's kind of the ethos of the place and, and trying to have some fun in Porsche, uh, the racing thing. Like I say, you know, I'm 55 going on 15 when I get in a race car. And, it, and it's it's just huge fun, you know. And it, again, it promotes safety and stuff. You know, I'm kind of prone all of that. I've had a couple of very bad car crashes um, as a passenger, unfortunately. So I'm a rubbish passenger. Um but, uh, you know, go out and drive like a lunatic. These cars are fast and you can do it safely, but do it in a safe environment. So, uh, you know, go out on the track or don't do it on the roads, basically. A bit different in Australia. You've got a lot, lot bigger roads. Yeah, but we've got a, we've got a similar police state to what you guys have there in the UK. Yeah. As uh, Magnus reminded us only a couple of weeks ago yeah. on our last podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah. That, that aside... Brian, you you and I aren't as far away in age as you might think. The do you think that the history and stories that go with racing of a certain era are now no longer possible because of the lack of a like a sports car category in racing? Like you know, like yeah, the, no, the way the racing it, categories yeah. are now, you know, it's just not like it used to be. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, well, it. it to be fair, it's massively improved, isn't it? You know, you, you see shunts now at 180 mile an hour and people walk away. Um, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, if you had a shunt, the best thing you could do was get out and take your chances of what you hit. Um, safety levels have gone bananas, and I'm all for that. Um, but, you know, heritage racing is something super special. You know, when we go to these events, you know, we race in uh, – the boxers go into a modern classic um, – class if you like i still can't um, even comprehend swinging, that, that a yeah, is a modern swinging, classic. yeah no well it, it kind of is now isn't it you know we're it. not 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 as young as we'd like to think <laughs> um so you know the the swinging 60s category where you see the really old tvrs and stuff like that you know they're not going quickly you know that the boxers will do 120 125 on the straights these cars were doing 80 or 90 on the straights yeah but it it was ctp pants driving um, you know, I, I kind of love that nod to history, really. Um, so it's, yeah, racing has changed a lot, but there's there's a place for everything. You know, I, I'm not really up with race categories in, in Oz, but over here you can race anything. You know, there's there's a class for everything. Um, but the, the old heritage stuff is, for me, is the holy grail of racing. You know, the going to Le Mans and going down to Monaco and, you know, my goal uh, from a race point of view is to be able to go down to uh, Le Mans and race a, you know, a short wheelbase two litre car in the, in that series, but be a way, way slower car than the Boxster. You haven't um, got a, you haven't got a nice uh, like 908 or 906 stash back there to go and do that? No, I haven't. No, much as I try hard to find all I can in the old school stuff, no, I haven't. I mean, I, I went down to Goodwood um, for the members meeting a while ago and there were some phenomenal Porsches down there. But, you know, people it, people just can't walk past them. You know, you, there's just something that draws you to an old-school Porsche. 
And they're just phenomenal things, aren't they? I mean, they were so far ahead of their time. The 911 was leaps ahead of Ferrari and anyone else that was out there. Um, and then put a good driver in there and, and they just won everything they looked at. They did. Tell me, um, with regards to your experience in what you're doing at the moment with the uh, with Rent Vehicle Design, what's been your favourite car lately? Uh, well, to be honest, I, I, I kind of fall in love with all of them because if you didn't, you wouldn't be very good at your job. So um, there's something different about all of them. You know, I'm, I'm not a great electric fan. I'm a real petrol head. But, but the 911 we've done electric, I, I understand it, you know, and I have I've obviously painted it in ruby stone red because what a colour. Um, but that car is pretty special, you know. It, it's something that kind of future-proofs cars that otherwise would probably end up in a scrapyard. So, you know, there's an awful lot of 3.2s out there. They're now becoming worth a bit more money. But in, you know, 10 years ago, 3.2s were 10 a penny. Um, we used a 3.2, backdated it to look like a 74S, um, completely rebuilt it top to bottom, and then got a company in to help us doing twin electric motors. And whilst it's very quick, it doesn't drive quite as a Porsche because we've had to stiffen it up a lot. We've had to stiffen up the suspension a lot. We've obviously had to upgrade the brakes a lot. But it still looks and feels like an old Porsche. Um, so, you know, from a conservation side, why not? You know, it means that rather than us pushing it away as a heap, um, we've given it another life. So, like I say, I, I get the electric thing. I'm not the biggest fan in the world of it, but but I understand its place in the market these days. I think it might be time for Ajmal to come down and uh, drive one, of the, drive it to see what it's like. What do you reckon, Ajmal? Yeah, no, exactly. Well, it, it, he's he knows he's always welcome, apart from the times when I throw him out. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on that on that restoration point, um, I'm I'm shocked at how many people come to you and say either find me the perfect 912 or restore to the perfect condition a 912 because it's exactly the same cost as doing it to a 911s or yeah, a, but a really cool but 911. It, yeah, but the values now have gone bananas. You know, they're not making any more cars because we don't live in 1965 or 66. <laughs> So, you know, the value of these cars are going up. And, and you know, the right-hand drive bit, as you know, maybe Porsche make 100. How many would they have done in right-hand drive at that 100? Probably 10 or something of that nature. Yep. So just just by the value of rarity equals yeah, – by the equation of rarity equals value. Um, 356s, 912s, 911s. Yeah, obviously, the holy grail of them is, is going to be a short wheelbase 911. Uh, you know, everybody's after one of those. But – they're amazing cars. They're parts of Porsche history that are never going to be replaced, you know, and unfortunately cars get bent, damaged, stolen and so on and so forth. So the numbers are only going down, which will push the residual values up. So it's just supply and demand, isn't it? Yeah, I blame Jerry Seinfeld as well. He keeps going on about how I'm never going to be able to buy another one. For anyone who's looking for one, uh, Michael yeah. of the Porsche Cool Podcast, he's been looking for one. And, and in the time that he's been looking, they must have gone up by about 30% in the last... No way. They've gone up 100% in Michael's time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah he has been looking a long time. And, and let's face it, Brian here, Brian is one of the culprits. He is one of the people that's cracking up the values. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I, uh, again, you are very similar to my wife. Everything is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got you nailed already. Uh, your name's not Andrea, is it? <laughs> the, on the on the GT4 bit, um, so yeah. I thought you were going to sell that. I thought you were going to sell it. I did. 
I sold it. And and I managed to live without one for five days. <laughs> so I was convinced that I wouldn't miss it. I was wrong. <laughs> so I went and got another. Um, but then, I mean, what a car. You know, I'm not, I'm not a lover of modern cars, you know, and I, again, I get the modern Porsche thing, but not really my bag. Um, but it was my race coach, Tony, sat there and said to me, you know, what do you drive day to day? And I drive an old Land Rover, you know, and he said, well, you ought to go and get yourself a GT4 because, you know, you can drive it to the track and when your boxer breaks down, you can scream round in a GT4. And I went, yeah, whatever, you know, and went and bought one and he was right. <laughs> so, you know, great car. I mean, they're phenomenal to drive on the road. Uh, within the speed limits of course um but then you can just turn up at track change wheels and tires out you go drive it like a lunatic and drive it home so why not are you sure you changed the tires because the last time i saw it it looked like it very uh, no I, that ha- yeah that has been a thing that has recently changed having put three thousand miles on the car that i sold i was on my fourth set of tires so uh yeah i may be a little heavy on tires they're not cheap, those Michelin uh, tyres either, are they, Brian? They're not inexpensive, no. <laughs> so, lesson learned there. So, now what we do is I've got another set of wheels, set of slicks on there. We run them. Do you put and, 19s uh, on it with slicks? Or do you still uh, run 20s? I do. Yeah, okay. 19s. Yeah, 19s with slicks and uh, sticks. I mean, you know, slicks, I've only been racing. I did racing when I was 17, 18 for a few years before I turned pro and then I got back to it last year. Um, and I raced my first uh, race on slicks at Brands on the GP. Um, and one of my co- I've got two coaches that help us. And uh, they said, ever raced on slicks before? I said, yeah, you know, 40 years ago. And they went, well, <laughs> dead easy. Don't worry about it. Go out two laps. They'll be like you're on glass. And then all of a sudden they come to life. Well, three laps later, I was still on glass, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, I've, I've got to be doing something wrong here, because I put it into a corner, and the back end would step out, and I sure. oversteer, understeer, it was horrid. Um, and then, after maybe 10 minutes, the car just came to life, and, you know, round Brands Hatch, a normal time, on the slicks, you're six, seven seconds different. I mean, it's just, the, the, the slick tyre that's working is phenomenal to drive on. They, they just stick. You know, you can lean on it like there's no tomorrow and it just doesn't let go or hasn't I've, as yet. I've never been on a track apart from someone bought me a track day and I went in an Audi R8, but it was bucketing down. I mean, rain sideways. So yeah. it wasn't particularly good. I went 140 on the straight, but it was, it it just didn't feel good. And then uh, Porsche GB invited me to Millbrook just a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's raining, but I went in the Taycan so electric yeah and it was on the mile straight and it was the guy mm-hmm. just said like we're going to do launch control and yeah. so i don't know what i'm doing so i said to him look i'm just going to keep my foot in until you tell me to start braking so yeah. keep my foot in it did a little squirrel and it goes off and it's doing i look I have a quick glance at the speeder it's doing 158 miles an hour and, I, and i'm looking at him going i'm looking at him going you're not telling me to break and we're coming up <laughs> to the bank bit and he kept saying to me it's one mile stretch and then you've got to be doing yeah. 40 at the end of it you can't go more than yeah. 40 onto did, the bank did bit. common sense not come in at any point no then? no i i, I thought no. i was pretty clear i'm gonna keep on you're, you're you're struggling with your common sense aren't you yes yes you drive to the point where you consider stopping would be a good idea I, i'll, I'll make he, a little note of that for you 
Well, that's the thing. He then tells me to start breaking and breaking hard, breaking harder. And I think I am. I'm slowed right down. But, you know, you lose all your perspective then, don't you? Yeah. So I think I'm doing about 35. I'm doing 95. Yeah. (laughs) He's saying break harder, break harder. But it was phenomenal. Yeah. I don't think I'd get any more. It's like it felt like a one-trick pony. I drove it a couple of laps. And it didn't feel like it'd give me anything more than that. It's a nice little get up and go. But... Yeah. And we did a hybrid Panamera thing and he took me on a hot lap. Yeah. Even then, it was just too sanitized. And to get any feeling yeah. speed or anything it's, like that, you have to be it's doing clinical, crazy isn't it? Speed. Yeah. Yeah. It's Whereas you know, in, in my 912, it's the noise and the, and the danger and the smell, and you're only doing 35, and it's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Downhill. Tailwind. <laughs> wind. Yeah, exactly. Wind, wind <laughs> behind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. And it's just, you know, like when sometimes I go, right, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna take it into the red on the revs. Yeah. And it starts to, and get my to bones 40. start shaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my bones start shaking and my teeth start hurting. I'm like, no, I'm gonna do yeah. it. It's like you feel like bits are about to fall off. But yeah, I love yeah. it. I love that. But that but that's old school, isn't it? You know, and that that's you know, I think uh it, I feel duty bound to affect some of the youngsters with the feelings that I have. You know, my son now is just about to I'm restoring a uh God, what is it? A nine two four Le Mans for him. Oh, amazing! Um, oh, yeah, beautiful old car, and and a, a ridiculous story with that. So, uh, way back when, unfortunately, I lost my father and inherited a little bit of money, and um, walked into Porsche, and there was a nine two four Le Mans in black, and I thought, oh, I'll have that, and then I could hear my dad <laughs> on my shoulder going, "Don't waste your inheritance on a car, son." So I didn't. Um, some, I don't know, ex million years later um i found a car on ebay that was smashed a 924 le mans in black of which there weren't many um and bugger me it turned out to be the same car i was about to say it wouldn't be great if it was the same car it was the same car so we've restored it we've got to finish it um but it's it's a gorgeous thing and i'm going to give that to my son who now understands that you know whilst new cars are lovely and it's turnkey go and you don't have to worry uh, he's beginning to understand exactly what you're saying there, that, you know, there's something about the smell of an old car, the drive of an old car, how you feel when you get in it, how you feel when you pull back the curtains and you look at it. They just have a character and it, 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 you just get immersed in, I don't know, in the heritage of it, don't you, really? And and that's Absolutely. where I come from. Absolutely. And they make you work. And they make you work every journey. Yeah, precisely. You, you yeah. Can't stop. yeah, exactly. You can't stop concentrating because in a, in a modern automatic, you get in drive and you're off. Whereas in this, you've got to still press the clutch all the way down. Make sure you hit the yeah. right gear. Make sure you put it all the way in. Don't grind the gears. All of yeah. that. I, I like that. You've, like you've that. improved considerably. Yeah, you've improved yeah. considerably. You're finding gears now. That's excellent. I'm finding gears. <laughs> yeah. I'm finding gears now. I still haven't fixed my seat, which still falls over. <clears throat> when I accelerate, it falls back. Uh, that's that's <laughs> character, isn't it? It's all about character. It is, that character. There's it's a still seat, a shock every are there, time. Are the seats, Ashmel, the seats in your 912 the same as like the 356 seats? Is that the same seat, Brian? Yeah, it is pretty much the same. Well, it's the same frame, yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, okay. Um, Horsey, hairy bits, but yeah, the frames are the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I, I, I have a three five six as well. Do you? I do. You're a bit well, well endowed in the Porsche <laughs> department, aren't you? I don't look at that bit. I'm not sure about. But the um, I drove, I drove it to the uh, my car storage this morning on the way to the airport. I'm in Melbourne today. I live in Perth, yeah. but I'm in Melbourne. Yeah. And on the way in this morning, it was like seven degrees, so it was pretty cold for Perth. And uh, yeah. 
it was just the perfect morning just before the sun was coming up to go and catch a flight, you know, yeah. and it's about a 35-minute drive to storage and it was just the best. Was like every gear yeah. shift was perfect. There was no traffic. It was just stunning out in the 356, which I took out yeah. to go there. And yeah. Every gear, yeah, like everything about driving that car this morning was just so good, you know. Like I just couldn't even believe it. Anyone would never ever need a car better than this. You know, you yeah, just have well, those moments true, in a car. It? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's true, but that that's something that you know, with respect, you're never going to get out of driving a Panamera. Um, no. So it's something that's just not going to happen. So that that's why I like to say I feel duty bound. My son's just wandered in. Actually, I feel duty bound to infect some of the younger guys out there with the same passion because it's you know if we don't, it gets to die with you and I. And yeah, you're right. I, I don't want that to happen. Nope. You know, and that's why I restore cars. You know, I frankly I could make way more money out of um, servicing cars than I do out of restoring them. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a business, so we have to. You know, we've got 18 employees. We have to pay them, um, but we do it because we love it. You know, I'm I'm lucky enough to be in a situation where I can follow my passions. You know, I'm, I've been very lucky in life, uh, other than the little blip with cancer. Um, but I've been very lucky in life. I've always done, I've never really done a day's work in my life. I've always followed my passions. You know, I was passionate about playing golf and managed to do that for a living. And I'm passionate about Porsches and I do that for a living. That's fantastic. So I've, I've been very lucky. You yeah, know, cool. I consider myself very lucky. Good one. Now, look, I know you're busy. You've got a, uh, an operation yeah. run there. So we really appreciate you know your time today, Brian. If you'd like to remind no the listeners about the event and the what it's for, that'd be great. Yeah, so it's uh, Thruxton Charity Track Day. It's in Ada Skin Cancer, uh, 7th of July. Um, You can DM us, you can call us, you can do what you like. You'll need a Porsche. If you haven't got a Porsche, we will rent you one. So it will be one of the five or six racy cars we have. So you get to pay an additional fee for that. Um, But we've got a couple of uh, race car drivers, coaches to help you with driving a car safely on track. Obviously, on track, everything happens 10 times quicker than it does on the road. Um, But it's just a fun day supporting a good cause. So it's something we're going to do until I sort of uh, push up the daisies. So it's a fun thing. We're trying to promote it as much as we can. It raises awareness whilst people are having fun. So 7th of July at Thruxton. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Go on, Yashmal. I was just going to say, and uh, we'll we'll put the links in uh, in the blurb yeah, with the podcast and and on YouTube. Awesome. Uh, and everybody, don't forget, you're going to get you're going to see Ben Collins there, the original stick. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So it's it's and it's a great cause. So yeah, great cause. Yeah. Um, so they just need to find you, rent vehicle design on Instagram. Yeah. Send you a DM. Bit, a bit uh, old fashioned. Pick up the phone and speak to me would be a good idea. You know, yeah, uh, again, like there, I'm not the most modern of guys. So uh, a phone call is always a good thing with me. <laughs> yeah, okay, so no your, numbers are on, uh, your numbers are on uh, some of the posts that you've done. Uh, just yeah, look for the absolutely. one with Ben Collins on there. All yeah. the details are on there. Yeah. So brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us. And I will definitely come and see you soon. Marvellous, please do. And whenever that Aussie chap over there um, sort of decides to come over, then uh, I'll be popping in. Don't worry, Brian. I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, come in. We'll we'll whip you around the track and have a bit of a laugh. Yeah, can and you? The food's That'd not be bad great. Over here either. I've never any. I've never heard <laughs> England being accused of having good food. Uh, well, come. At, you clearly have not gone to the right establishment. Clearly, so. I need to be educated. 
Yes. <laughs> Thanks very much today, Brian. To you guys, and well done. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, and if you ever deem me uh, lowly enough to come back, I'd be more than happy. But uh, great what you do. Keep raising the awareness of Porsches and old Porsches. It's it's what I'm passionate about. Thanks, mate. Have Thanks, a great Brian. day. All right. Great See you, Tom. Yes, guys. Have a good one. You too. Um, bye. 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 How good's that, Ajmal? That's good. So it's really good to talk with him. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, he's doing a great operation down there. I'm looking forward to popping in at some point when oh, I get over awesome. to Old Blighty and um, check the place out. <laughs> when it's, I come around it's, and it's an awesome place. I feel like it's the only time I'm ever going to get you to get your 912 out of storage is when I ask to borrow it. No, Oh, no, I need to go. I'm going to Classics at the Clubhouse on uh, ah. June the 19th, which is a week on Sunday. Deep so down, deep down, I've got to tell you, I feel like you're just waiting for the 996 to be genuinely considered a classic so you don't have to take the 912 out. Yeah, but it's air-cooled edition, so ah. i got to go in that. And yeah. also, I'm going as Jack's guest, and he's going to be very disappointed <laughs> if I turn up in my 996. Yes, he will be. The <laughs> no, no, he'll be disappointed if you turn up in the Boxer. That's what would disappoint him. Oh, my God, no. He would never speak to me again. He would absolutely never speak to me again. Oh, classic. But, you know, did I tell you? I told you tonight. You, saw, you must have seen it on Instagram that my wife scraped the 996. No, I haven't seen that. Uh, she's scraped it against a concrete pillar. I saw, I did see a mark on it. Was that the wife? You're not blaming her for that, yeah. are you? No, she did it. She she did it. She was she had to drive to work in it because I was away in the family wagon. Sure. And uh, she sent me she sent me a text saying, "I'm really sorry." Yeah, this I shit car board. crashed itself. Yeah, got it. <laughs> well, she didn't say that. She was really actually horrified. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people said to me, "Oh, were you really annoyed?" And you go, "She didn't mean to do it." Yeah, it's like, if, she, if she had it done out of spite, you'd have a reason to be upset, right? Exactly, and it's not like she's reckless or anything, but it was just a tight squeeze and it just scratched a bit. But she said, don't worry, I'll get it fixed. And I went, don't worry about it. But then she sent me a photo of it and she scratched it right across where the rust is. I saw that. I saw, I saw that I there was a scratch like, near the rust, or I thought, <laughs> yeah. and I was where like, do you yeah, stop? No, yeah, okay. <laughs> but then I went, okay, okay, you can get it fixed because <laughs> it'll fix the rust as well. I can't even cop. <laughs> Honestly, I can't even comprehend that you two just don't, that it's a, I'll get it fixed. This is my problem. This is your problem instead of an our problem. <laughs> no, she said, don't worry. Well, I think what she probably meant was, I'll pay for it. Too. That's what I mean. I can't even comprehend this. Yeah. But anyway, that aside, yeah. we had Magnus. He was on the podcast. Oh, my goodness. I know. And I feel like he was just as passionate as I am about. Oh, he, he couldn't wait to talk to you. I know, he went straight off. Brilliant. <laughs> it's almost I like I... he was led into it. I know. And, 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 you know, just for all the listeners, we did not have any preamble with him. We gave him Zero. a little blurb about what, yeah. We, yeah, what we might talk about. We didn't stick to any of it like we always do. And then when I said to him, skin on chips, and that was it. It just set him off. Oh, and it was the great. The guy went to cooking I mean, show. Yes, yeah, he has his own cooking show. But if the thing is, I mean, can he talk? Oh, it wasn't like there was. He makes yeah, he was, makes you look like an amateur. I know. He do, well, most people do, but still, <laughs> but still, it was great having him on. It was. I think um, it was. 
I think he enjoyed it. He sent me a message afterwards, an email saying he enjoyed it. Bart uh, said he listened to it and said he loved it. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, so great. We, so we've had uh, some really good messages, kind messages from listeners too. And uh, yeah, it was it was brilliant. Now, Ajmal, we have a lot of new listeners as a result. Mm. Is As is evident from the listener count from that podcast. We should introduce ourselves to the new to the new listeners. All right, you go first then. Okay. G'day, everyone. <laughs> I'm Mark. I'm a Aussie that lives in Perth, Western Australia, and has a bit of a soft spot for Porsche cars. However, I do have other cars as well. I've got a 1960 356 Coupe Ruby Red. I've got a 2021 GR Yaris in white. Been to the track a few times, and I've been. I've got a 2016 GT4. So overall, pretty fun little garage full of cars. That doesn't include the dailies. We've also got a 2004 TT V6 at home, Audi TT, and a 2018 Volkswagen Tig one. Because let's face it, between two people, you can never have enough cars, and uh, <laughs> and. Uh, so the GT4 has been the track once. It's going again 19th of July with the Porsche Club, so it should be a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. I have a very token YouTube channel called Mark and Cars, same name as my Instagram account. Please check it out, subscribe, like, comment on anything you think is worthwhile commenting on. The comments I don't really want to, this is shit. Okay, so the, the positives would be appreciated. Yeah, that would be really good. And I met Ajmal through Michael Bath's podcast called Porsche Cooled. Ajmal, tell us about you. Uh, Well, I'm Ajmal. I'm a Brit uh, living in England. Um, And I, like Mark said, I um, I appeared on owner's stories on Porsche Cooled uh, because I, I listened to that podcast and... It was because it was during the period that Michael was looking for his 912. and Still is. Which he still is. He still is. <laughs> and the reason he contacted me was because he saw a YouTube video that I did. So I'm flat cap driver on Instagram and YouTube and I make hardly any content. <laughs> Nobody watches anyway. But, but Michael had seen this video where I said to him, I said on this video, I'm thinking of buying a 912. And then he said, then my next video was a week later and it said, I've bought one. And he's like, what? I can't compute this in my brain. One week you thought you were going to buy one and the next week you've got one. And I literally just bid on one that was on a local auction site for classic cars. And I hadn't seen it. And I just bid on it and won the bid. Then I had to ask my wife for some money because I didn't have any. uh, So I could go and pay for it. And it turned out to be a bit of a dog. And uh, (laughs) luckily, luckily I have a friend called... Jack, flat six Jack on Instagram. Check him out. Um, he's an independent Porsche specialist, and he managed to get it to a point where I can now drive it, but it is currently in storage. But I also have uh, 1998 um, 996, uh, just a Carrera, base Carrera, and I also have a 2000, year 2000 Boxster 2.7. 
that's been christened by Jack the Box Turd. Box Turd is so good. Such Boxed a great name for that car. <laughs> so, which that is, um, so he never wants to see that car again. Yep, yep. Um, Understandable. But it, it is, but it's in a it's in a driving state, as in in the UK. Yep, great. Road legal. You need MOT. You need road tax. You need insurance. It's got all of those things. Um, <clears throat> it leaks when it rains. And it makes a clicking noise when you drive it, which is probably the charming chain tensioners. Um, and most of the time, it's just abandoned at the bottom of the driveway uh, with stuff growing over it. So I'm hoping my wife won't know it's still there. Which is a change from growing in it. But yeah, it did have, if you look at my Instagram, you will see that it did have a lot of stuff growing in it. It became a proper biohazard where I had to get a hazmat suit to get it cleaned. <laughs> but um but but that's me and obviously i've got a 1966 porsche 912 and uh i'm, I'm still not a porsche guy though you're not no no so you got two porsches you co-host a podcast called porsche talk it's three porsches oh three porsches sorry three porsches <laughs> yeah yep fair the um yeah so you co-host a porsche talk podcast but you're not a porsche yep. guy i'm not a porsche guy I'm now, just an old car guy. Yeah, okay. Now, not an old guy, old car, <laughs> old, old, old cars guy. Old cars. Now, pause, gone. Ashmal, you and I have been doing this for a few episodes now. Yep. I th- I'm going to tell you how many. Uh, where am I at there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is our thirteenth podcast together. Right? Lucky thirteen. No, not really. Lucky thirteen. I mean, I mean, lucky thirteen. In that time, we've added just over nine thousand downloads, which has gone quite wow. well. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. The la- so unsurprisingly, the most popular podcast has been the last one, having Magnus on. Awesome. That's not to diminish the importance of our previous guests by any means. Yeah. However. When you get a blue tick against you as a uh, an Instagrammer, it usually means people are listening to you. The He's second blue tick, second blue tick guy. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, good one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, road trip problem. But after Magnus, our next highest is actually Bart. Oh, I love having Bart on. I'd have him on again. Yeah, Bart's I want to see good. what he does Bart's next, good. and then get him on. Yeah, Bart is yeah. good. He's just so super cool. <laughs> Feel unworthy he, when he, I'm talking yeah, to him. He makes He's up so for the coolness cool. we lack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just everything about him is just super cool. I know. You're right, it is. However, the um but yes, in that time the podcast itself has gone quite well, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Well received. I've had some great comments. Immense fun. Yeah, I've had immense fun. Uh I've been to a couple of car shows recently where people came up to say hello and uh say that they've been listening, which is brilliant. Um, and like you said a, a couple of uh, chats ago, it's it's more enjoyable because you're not doing a setup, you're not overthinking it. It's more about the how we're the how pitch. we're yeah, and how we're enjoying having Porsches and being part of the community. It's not like you know when I get in the car and I think, oh, I've got something to say. I want to do a video. By the time I've set my camera up and everything like that, it's popped out of my head. I'm sleep deprived. I can't remember why I'm getting in the car in the first place. It's just all a bit rubbish. More, <laughs> but I still want to do that though. Hey, your kids are too old for you to be sleep deprived. 
Who's running the house in that job? My three-year-old's running the house. It's her fault that I'm sleep-deprived. <laughs> it's just, you know, when it's one in the morning and you're stood there and she's screaming in my face, it's just, what? What do you want? And it's like, I want mommy! <laughs> <laughs> your shit, fuck off. She doesn't actually say that, by the no, way. No, that's not my but that's your interpretation. That, what right you hear versus what is said, yeah, I completely yeah, exactly. it's 100% like, appreciate you know, that. I, I, I hear I want mummy. No, what what she says is I want mummy. What I hear is eat shit and die, you fucking moron. <laughs> Fuck off. You didn't give birth to me. Shit. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're no good to me. I don't want you. Those boobies are too little. Get me out of here. <laughs> and it's just most of the time I just get I just come in, I lie down on the floor until until she says, I'll go back to bed if you just leave my room. <laughs> that's, that's you know, I think I'll take that as a win. Yeah. The um if there is any consolation, when it actually is going to be problematic in your household, unlike right now, I'm talking about when the hormones are screaming through the joint. Oh, my God. And say another yeah. 10 years or so, right? Oh, God, yeah. You're going to have a red cape on and wear your undies on the outside, my friend. You will be the superhero because women and women, poof, poof. Actually, that's going to start in about seven years because I've got an older one as well. Oh, that's right. So, that. That, yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah. going to have that over like a long period oh, and look, of time. Now, I know you like to gloat about the fact you're not as old as I am, right? <laughs> I, I don't gloat. You Gloating do gloat. Deep, becoming yeah, look, I, Now you I'm just say that out loud, but deep down you gloat, right? <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm not. I try not to laugh or smile. However, because you know, I'm feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> However, you're going to be very close to that perfect storm that I know I'm heading into of menopause and teenage years. I'm not going through menopause, am I? No, no, you're not. You're not going to be the problem, my friend. You're going to be the victim, okay? <laughs> well, yeah, I, no, no, I don't know. Oh, I, let's I just, like let's just wait. Let's hope Porsche Talk Podcast is going long enough for me to say I told you so. It's going to be going. It's going to be going. We'll have, we'll have done our, you know, we'll have gone to LA. Yep. Met, it's going, look, in person. We're going to need on, ramp uh, access by that point. It, well, yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> we'll have, we'll have, we'll have, I can't do we'll it, have, Mark. Yeah. I can't get up the stairs to the top room yeah, to do the podcast. <laughs> Wait, the, the stair lift is still getting me up there. <laughs> I can't get off my standard stair lift. Um, <laughs> but it's going to happen. Oh, do you know what? Tell Just me. to left field before I forget, we've got yeah. to give this mug away. Oh, oh, I've got the guy. Oh, brilliant. Warren. Is it? Warren. He approached me at the Porsche Club in Perth. Nice. Left a great review for us. Here's our guy. Okay, well, send me his details. And I'll get it in the post. He's beaten like all the lap records at all the track days in a base Cayman. What? Yeah, like against all these guys that have taken themselves way too oh. seriously and he thinks it's funny. No, I don't like him now. I'm going to no, smash no, the No, he's likable. He's, he's a funny guy. <laughs> so Warren's our guy. Cool. Send me the details and I'll I will. get that in the post. Well done, Warren. Well done. Yep. And I think the uh, other thing that I wanted to talk to you about mm. is, well, actually, when I, when I get my 912 out, <laughs> I, I, I was. It's gonna be. It's gonna be like you know, in a few days. 
I um so I saw on Instagram Simon Jessup. He's a photographer. I know he him. does a lot of work for he, he does a lot of work for Brian. Yeah, um, Rint. and he's got a 1968 right hand drive 912. He's got the plum, hasn't he? He's got the he's got the he's got the uh, what's called the uh, Grail 912. Yeah, right hand drive, Is and it? it runs. I mean, it sounds fantastic, and he just jump in and drive anywhere. And he's always telling me about what's wrong with it. And I'm looking there, looking, looking at him and going, you're a wanker. It's brilliant though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always jealous every time I see it. It's because it's there it. and yours isn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got the right tires on it and the wheels and everything. And then, um, but I was looking in the engine bay and you know, when you look in somebody else's engine bay and it should look exactly the same as yours. And then you realize you have this slow realization that it doesn't because there's bits missing of yours. So, so there's like return springs and things like that for throttle and stuff sure. like that. And then you just think, mine hasn't got that. Mine hasn't got that. Why hasn't mine got that? And then, and then I think, hang on, when I'm driving mine and it's warmed up, it runs really high. It idles really high revs, like 1,300, 1,400. What cab? He's got old Solexes on it, hasn't it? Yours. Yeah, old Solexes. So when you fire With a worn up, shaft. You know, yeah, got it. Yeah. Yeah, probably that. And it, it starts idling quite low. And as it warms up, you know, it starts running and then you drive it 15, 20 minutes, you come to a junction and it's, it's, like, it's at 2,000 RPM. It used to be at two and a half thousand RPM. And it used to, but that was because the vacuum advance thing was stuck because they have this Teflon sheet. Yeah, I mean, I yours know. will have it as well. well right. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Now mine doesn't. I've got an electronic ignition in mine. Well, mine has now, but it, it had that, that sheet was mm-hmm. just perished. Yep. And so I took it out and cleaned it, but I broke it. So I had to order another one from the US, put that in, and that transformed it. And I put electronic ignition in. Again, brilliant. Uh, but it just doesn't fire up right. I think the float's probably stuck a bit as well. So um, I, I don't really want to take it apart because if I don't want to be one of those people who's got a car in pieces in their garage or somebody else's garage waiting to be repaired and summers pass you by. And I know we're already coming up to the middle of June. And I haven't got mine out. Twenty second is the solstice. I know, but I'll be at the. But you know, air cooled edition uh, is on the nineteenth, so it will be out for that. So, Good. Yeah. Wait, tell me about the Simon Jessup story again. Where did this go? Oh, that was the bits that there's there's stuff missing from my ah, engine bay. Gotcha. Right. I need to. I, I I did when he wasn't looking. I did take a photo of his engine bay. So I could then do a comparison. You're, you're making the assumption he's is correct though. Well, he drives correctly, so it's got to be. Well, when it's warm, it might, and yours does too. Uh, kind of, kind of does. I don't know. I, I maybe I need. I'm to thinking about putting my old Zeniths back on mine. I've got Webers on mine, right? My three five six. Yeah. Nothing about putting the Zeniths back on. Why? Well, it's probably going to make about 15 horsepower difference, but in the scheme of the, what the, how the car gets driven, it's not going to make enough difference for me to, make, to notice. So you're going to lose 15? Yeah. But what difference will it make in its drivability? I'm hoping it's going to just uh, be more tractable. Like it's – I've got to get a bit of banging and popping going on here and there. I've got, probably got exhaust leaks as well, which need addressing. I said, mm. My car just needs a once-over, and I just don't have the time to do it. Yeah, I know what you mean, because mine, mine's the, the same. It needs that once-over, because well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of putting Webers over. on mine. Well, I'm thinking, well, yes. 
But mine probably, I was thinking of putting Webbers on mine. Because I don't want to. I reckon I've got to space it. I don't, I don't have manifolds though. But you just need an adapter. Oh. If you've got Solexes, mm-hmm. it's just an adapter, manifold, a manifold adapter that sits on top of your Solexes and then you put the Webbers on top. Let me see. I'm pretty sure I've got two sets of Webbers. Let me see if I can find them. I'll send them over to you. And then when when are you coming over to fit them? That bit I can't help you with, my friend. <laughs> but half, more than half the hunt's done. That is true. That is true. I think I, I'd be able to take it apart. I just need to build a garage first. If there's anyone listening who could build me a garage, that'd be amazing. Free? Mm, free would be amazing. But I, because um, my wife said I'm not allowed to get a digger. What? Like a digger. What do you like need a digger for? To dig up the the driveway. Why wouldn't you just get people in to do that, Tajmal? Uh, because I can't. I can't get people in to do it. Go get a job like, then. They'll turn up. They'll turn up and they don't. Uh, they don't. Um, they don't give me a quote. And when they do give me a quote, it's double what it should be because they don't really want to do it. Uh, and they'll say they can do it next year, maybe. And you know really? that means they're probably out of business next year. It sounds like you need a digger. I need, exactly. I need a digger, but <laughs> I'm just joking. I've been banned. Although I do know somebody down the road who might be able to get me one. Have, have you, in my suburb where I live, there's a Facebook page mm. called "Don't Buy or Sell." Don't buy or sell. Everything has to be gifted. Okay. To recycle, so it doesn't get thrown out. All right. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff that gets. Put on here, like scaffolding and um, you know wheelbarrows and bobcats so that need a new um, you know hydraulic line or something. Like this is what you, you need to get onto one of these. You should see this one near you. You might be surprised what you can get. I do. I need to get on one. Oh, you um, hate Facebook? That's right. I don't. Yeah, I'm not on Facebook. Yeah, right now to your detriment because that's the forum for this type of thing. You got to remember the average Facebook user. Is now 52 years old. This is your sweet spot. Well, it would be if you were Where that old. Where did you read that? Where did you read? Oh, hang on, hang on. Facebook started in what, 2004? I don't know. 2003? I heard it. Like I, I, I read a, um, a story on um, social media evolution. And they reckon the average Facebook user is 52 now. Yeah, but isn't that, isn't that why um, – I think it's new spreads. It's fairly reflective, because, though, of the, a lot of the posts. If you ever go on Facebook, you'll see it's well, yeah, believable. Cause, well, because I read something uh, about the spread of fake news. Yeah, yeah. this could be it. Hundred percent could be it. Yeah, the, hey, listen, the, this wasn't on Facebook that I read this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, just for the record. Okay. Well, so I read it on the BBC website that the spread of fake news is through um, older people being spammed. Oh, would be. Because it's sure. an echo chamber, isn't it? It's a complete yeah. echo chamber. Yeah. So is Instagram, so is whatever else yeah. you're looking at. And <clears throat> put social media they, for a reason. They, yeah. And they get they get spammed by fake news and then they end up spread it, spreading it and end up believing it. Unlike and unlike the truth, which is all historical media ever produced. Yeah. The truth is out there. <laughs> so but they reckon, get this, on the same article, they reckon the what do you reckon the average age of the Instagram? user was uh i want to say 28 30 38 38 and you know what when i look at what when i look at the feeds and stuff that get fed to me it might be also because of my age 
again, I agree. I believe it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it depends who you follow and and of course what you it does. Look at because for me, for yeah, the, me, it is you know the algorithms continue from, on. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't get anything from mostly people under thirty. I don't for gamers. Yeah, gamers. Or but the thing is, then someone sends you a um, a link or something, and you look at it, or someone sends you a post. You look at it, and then you go, "Oh, that's fuck my algorithm now." Oh, yeah, all like the time. When, when, yeah, yeah. You should be able to clear and, it out, uh, shouldn't you? Ignore that one. Yeah. Exactly, you clear it out, but I, I always forget, and it's always, you know, especially when you're scanning through YouTube, and you know if you hover over something, it starts playing, and that's it, it screws the algorithm. It doesn't do that on my phone. It does on mine, it just starts auto-playing. Yeah, if you're flicking through, and you're looking at your feed... Yeah, but, you I, yeah, but do I something. stop? It, and it doesn't auto-play for me. I reckon it's yeah, just setting it on your might. phone. Yeah, it probably is, but it just auto-plays, which is fine, because that's I use that sometimes. But it's when uh, someone sends you something and it messes in, it throws something new in. Mm-hmm. And that if you let that play, then that's it. And I think, what was it? Um, what's the guy who plays Loki in the Marvel movies? Tom Hiddleston? I don't know. It's, uh, something came up and, I, and my wife said something. And I turned around and there was a video of him came up dancing. Okay. And I looked and it was auto-playing and I didn't think anything of it. Every day for the next month, just videos <laughs> of him dancing coming up. And you're just Is like, you a dancer? Ah. Uh, no, I'm not. No, he's how you a good dancer. Was it okay? Uh, I think it's the he does this dance at, when he's being interviewed, and it's just like all different interview dances oh, good on of him. him. Now we're talking about it. My phone's probably listening, and now I'll get it on Instagram. Oh as yeah, well. <laughs> it's a worldwide conspiracy. Now let's talk I Porsche. Know. No, before we talk Porsche, I did want to talk about Formula One. Okay, yeah, let's go. Because about the honey badger. Go. Well, Daniel Ricardo. Do you reckon he's getting the flick? Uh, well, I think he might, you know, but I, but I think it's a bit unfair. He doesn't. You don't just become a bad driver. I mean, he was the, he was the king of late breakers, wasn't he? At um, Red Bull, he's won like and nine. He won, hasn't he won like nine Grand Prix? Yeah, and he's never really been in a competitive car. So at Red Bull, it was the new hybrid era when he came in as a teammate to Vettel and mm-hmm. pranced him. Yep. Made Vettel move to Ferrari. Then Verstappen came in and they were kind of neck and neck. They were kind of really rubbing each other up the wrong way. And and one of them I remember is when Verstappen hit him in the back and knocked him out of the race. And you get the you know you get the radio, a <laughs> little bit of radio. Yeah, yeah. And he, he he just sits there calmly in the car. He's in the he's in the gravel and he goes, Was that Max? <laughs> and the his engineer says yes, and he goes, He's such a baby. <laughs> 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 you know, and, and but then you know he, they were on it. They were like completely relentless in their racing, and he just said he didn't need that intensity on and off the track. So he went off to where did he go? Renault. Renault. Did he go Renault for a year. Yeah, two years. And obviously, uh, two years. Yeah, that car was nowhere. But then he went to McLaren, and I know at McLaren he's won. He's won a race. He won one last year. Well, he was gifted uh, it. Yeah, he was gifted it. But since then, he's been so off the boil, so far. I mean, if you look at the stats comparing him to Norris, Lando Norris, you know, I don't believe there's Isn't that Norris like 15 there. years younger than him though or something? Yeah, Norris is super young. Yeah, so look, like, it's, it's just a generational thing, you know? But I don't know if it is because obviously cars are designed with certain sort of attributes that suit some drivers and don't suit other yeah, drivers. But, yeah, you know what? That's just poor communication from the driver to the engineers. 
Oh, I don't know, but, but I don't want him. I wouldn't want him to just fall out of Formula One. He's too good. He's and he's old, a character. Though. He's, he's old. Ca- he's only about thirty. No, I reckon he's older than that. I reckon he's like thirty-two or something. I'll look him up now. Um, can you? Because I was just about to look him up. Yeah, hang on. How old is Dan Ricardo? Let's have a look. He's 32. 32. Oh, see you go. That wasn't a bad guess, was it? You're all right. He's 10 years older than Norris. And you know, you yeah. know what? I'm not saying his days are done, but I just I don't feel like he's he wants to fight enough for it anymore. I don't know. I mean, it he must doesn't be... seem upset enough. He's not chucking stuff around. No, I don't he doesn't know. La- he doesn't launch his helmet at Norris and whack him on the head with it and stuff. You don't want him to do that sort of on camera. Yes, you do. Um, so. <laughs> you so want him to do that, don't you? I know you do want to kind of see that. You do want to. Should we get him on? Yeah, let's get him on. Like he's, Badger. He's, I know like he's listening. I know he's listening. He's a West Aussie, and I know he's dead. There you go. I've and met Joe do, a couple of do, times. Joe drives an F40. Shoe, you can do a shoey. He drives a what? An F40. Get out. What? Oh, I you know, I'll tell you what his dad's got. His dad's got, More firstly, things. he's got a GD4. He's also got a 912 that's been resto modded to the nth degree. It's stunning in like a 911 ST style. Like it is a cracker. Oh. It's a beautiful car in dark green. Okay, well, when you're asking his dad if he'll come on, obviously asking for a drive in the F40 now, as well. A, a good mate of mine. I think his dad owns the F40 I have driven. Wait, did I know that you've driven an F40? I, you may or may not have paid attention to this part of the conversation in the past, Ajmal. I do zone out sometimes, but yeah, I, that's okay. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. <laughs> I would, I would have zoned out of a bombshell like that. Yeah, it was a long time ago. All right, okay. It was in like 93, I reckon. Oh, hang on. 94. No, 94 it would have been. Oh, you, that would have been just after I was born probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, have we spoken about this? You had jeans that you bought in 94. Now. <laughs> they were baby jeans. Yeah. <laughs> They still fit. They still fit. They're from Mamas and Papas. No, but I reckon his dad's got that car. Hang on. We can't have him on. He won't come on. Why not? Because we're the Porsche Talk podcaster and he's a McLaren Mercedes driver. Today? Yeah, in the future we could get him on. Hey, so was Mark Webber and where did he end up? He's a Porsche now. Where was he before that? Where was he before that? Mercedes. He's the one that did the flip in the CLK, remember, going down in Le Mans. Oh, yes. Yeah, so he went Twice in three days or something, he flipped that car, remember? Yeah, because he went Red Bull. I did try to get, just listeners, if you're still here, I did try to get Mark Webber onto the podcast. He's not taking on any new projects. I was considered a project. Yeah, you just say, no, we're not looking for a project. We just need an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, not a project. It's just an hour. He's, he's clearly too busy now. But he is, look, throughout the F1 season, he does attend every race as some sort of yeah, he does. something or other. And we are in the, like, 
And F1 is the world's longest season now, isn't it? That is true. There's like 90 races in a season or something. Well, you know, I'll accept that. You can just give us a shout-out when he's on the grid. We'll ask him. But... Danny Ricardo and Joe. We're going to get Joey's dad on too. Yeah, and I guess I could now go to Christian Horner because of their soon-to-be-announced Porsche tie-up. I just, I might have just he made just that up. He just lives over it. Just can't you get it? He'll send over the helicopter to pick you up. Now, let me just shout out the window. He's not, do you know how big Oxfordshire is? England is not the size of Perth. So don't even talk to me about I it. I know you guys think nothing of driving seven hours, but, you know, he could no, no. be at least. Seven hours in Perth is a lot different distance to seven hours in uh, England. That's only like two counties or something, whatever you call them, because of your traffic. Yeah, that's true. Yes. But, but. I mean, he's probably at least like 45 minutes from here. Did you know England apparently is only about the same size as California? That's probably about right. Yeah, but England is... Like, England is England. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Christian Horner. So, you reckon we can get... Yes. You reckon, look, I, I, we're not. he's not coming on unless he brings ginger spice with him. Yeah, but I know I don't know if we're allowed to call her that anymore. She's, Why not? She's Mrs. Horner. She's Mrs. Horner. Not Mrs. Spice. But also, can we call him Mr. Also, Spice? We could call him Mr. No, Spice. Oh if he comes God. on. Stop saying that. We're never going to get him on now. Edit that out. <laughs> hey, did we get? Hey, did Magnus come on? Magnus did. We've set a precedent, Magnus my did. friend. We've set a precedent. Yeah, Start talking about him. They appear. That is true. We should probably get some kind of laminated card that we send people saying we've had Magnus on. Yeah, because we talked about him a lot. So, Mr. Yeah, Spice, your turn. Yeah. We could call him Mr. Spice. Know, he's, a red, he's a redhead guy too. Is he? He's grey, isn't he? Well, it looks like it used to be red. I don't know. Well, we could ask him. Like, but also, he's obviously the Formula One season is in full flight. Yeah, well, it's not going to so, happen this week. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe next week. This this week is um, it's Baku, isn't it? I'm not paying enough uh, attention. There's too many races, Ajmal. There is quite a lot going on. I reckon they should limit it to about 15 races. It's enough. Do you remember when it used to be 12? Yes. Good Which times. didn't feel like enough, right? Yeah, it didn't, know. And, and then when it went to 18 and you're yeah, like, 15, oh, my God, it's November. Is it still going on? 15, two weeks apart, 30 weeks a year, 20 weeks off. Perfect. That is true. And you know what? In that, in that 20 weeks, we can focus on the world endurance racing. I could organise a whole FIA here. That's, Day, you should, we should have Daytona, <laughs> Sabring, <laughs> Le Mans, the um, Nürburgring, Nürburgring 24-hour and um, Spa 12-hour, all in that 20 weeks, have F1 in there 30 weeks. Well, I know that the FIA religiously listened to this podcast. Yep. So I, I suspect they've just they written would. that down and gone, yes, next year, done. Yeah, Mark's onto it. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Don't want to get the sherry in right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's happening. It's happening. But that, honestly, well, we need to organize that whole yes, thing would work perfect. Not, I've not lined anybody else up. What? Um, but I was going to talk, try and get Mike Brewer. You've spoken about Mike Brewer like six times. Oh, Yeah, I know, but I spoke about Magnus like 10 times and look what happened. It's like, it's like, it's like the Phantom calling forth the Don't the call Bart the Phantom. Not, not 
Bart. Well, I mean, Bart got us. Bart got us Magnus. Bart got us Magnus. Yes. I'll tell you. It's, I'll tell you. Was, it was the power of my mind reaching out across the. I tell you who I'd like. To, I tell you who I'd like to get on the podcast. Jeff mm. Swart. As soon as he's Ooh. finished, Jeff Swart. He's like the Porsche guy, the photographer, races Pikes Peak, makes all those there's films. A, yeah, but there's a lot of the Porsche guys. Well, like, no, this is this is not working well if he does listen, right? Right now he's touring Europe with the Road Scholars guys in a Spider 550 Spider. Yeah, I know that. But I don't know if he's going to come on. It's just, Bart yeah. knows him. Bart knows him. Oh, my God, yes. We need he's, to talk to Bart again. Like, Jeff's been around forever. How can you not know Jeff Swart? You're a disgrace to the brand. No, it's just that but I'm sleep deprived and and my uh Alzheimer's is kicking in more oh, than usual. Well, what's gonna happen when you get old then? Yeah, well, you know, I won't remember. I'll just be sat there like sitting there dribbling piss. Nobody's gonna care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I won't. Yeah, no, in all won't. seriousness, let's talk about Porsche for a second. Yes, yes. Hit me. Any new cars come out? Have they released a new model this um, week? Wait, no, the one thing, not the new models, but um, I watched a review of the GC th- new GC3 Touring by Chris Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's going to be biased. He's bought one. Well, yeah, of course. It, of course it is. It's completely biased. And you know when he's talking about it's like too hard for the road, some people are saying it's too hard for the road, but it's not really, and then he's, he's doing a compare and – he's driving on the road, not on a track, and he's hmm. doing a compare and contrast with the – Oh, but with the GT3, no, with the GT3 and the GT3 Touring. Oh, okay, the wing, no like, wing. I, yeah, and I really like Chris Harris, and I love, you know, his persona on on camera. I do, also. and how he cuts he cuts through a lot of the crap. Yep. But I feel like he doesn't want to say anything really bad about Porsches, because you know he's said bad stuff about cars before, and he's not been given new ones. Which, which is a bit shitty from the manufacturer's point of view because you don't give somebody a car and say, go and say something positive about this. You go, go and review it. Uh, yeah, uh, look, we're not in that situation, are we? No, we're not. No. By the not way, yet. By th- yes, good point. By the way, Chris Harris hasn't mm. answered any of my uh, emails. Damn him. Well, well, I'll just let me just say to you, if I got to drive a brand new 992 GT3... I'm pretty 100% convinced I'd love it, Porsche GB. <laughs> Are you listening? I think we should confirm if that is the case. <laughs> just saying. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. But I'm sorry about what I said about the McCann. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, they could offer you one and you wouldn't be able to sort yourself out to actually go and pick it up and stuff. I would, unless my 996 broke down on the way, which is a strong possibility. Oh, it's yeah, actually yeah, just yeah. down the road. It's just down the road. It's yeah, about five it, miles away. I know, but you haven't gone there and driven their Carrera T yet, have you? No, that's not theirs, though. What? That doesn't belong to Porsche GB. There's, there's, there's the Porsche Great Britain, then there's the press cars, and then there's the Porsche Club. Okay. So there's multiple different groups. Yep. And even if one of them says, yeah, you can drive our cars. Yep. 
Um, yeah. You can't then just go and say, oh, can I have that car over there just for an hour? Because they'll go, actually, that one doesn't belong to us. That's that's a press car. And the press cars is that they're, they're, you know, you, you have to give something back. And obviously I'd go and say, well, actually, we've just had Magnus on. What are you talking about? Give me that. Yeah, here's a gallon. Uh, I've not tried it yet. Yeah, but this I'm is my point. I have to get psyched. I can't just, you know, turn up on spec. I might just, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send, a, I'm gonna send a very strongly worded email. You could just ask nicely. I am. That's what I'm gonna do. You, strongly you could, worded, by strongly you could worded, turn up I mean, with a cup of tea, right, to the mm-hmm. uh, pub, the publicity or media person, and say, "Look, remember me. I shit can the McCann. You got anything else I can shit can?" I mean, yeah, review. the McCann wasn't his. He won't care about that. The McCann wasn't his. So they have got uh, a GT3. They've got you know the touring. They've got all the top models that you know sure. Chris Harris, whoever. Yeah. All the major influencers come and drive. Yeah, like um, like Cap. Yeah, got it. Well, uh, yeah, obviously the the only one missing. Is Someone's got to represent Porsche Talk Podcast to give us an update on how these cars actually are in real life. So go and exactly. sort it out. I'll sort it out. Okay. We'll get back on the case. Porsche news. Here we go. Yes. Got some more. Hit me. Last week, 70th mm-hmm. anniversary since the first Porsche Club was started. 70th? 7-0. Wow. Yes. Since the first club started. Yeah, Which Porsche one club. was it? I think it's Honeysburg or something like that in Austria. Something like that. It's a is name it, like that. Is it still going? Is it still going? That bit I can't tell you. <sighs> I, put, I never said I was good, right? All right, okay. The, okay um, I'll give you that. <laughs> yep. Um, this weekend, internationally, mm-hmm. is the Porsche Sports Car Together event. So all the dealerships host free food and drinks and give away Porsche branded goodies at all the dealerships. So turn up to your local dealership this weekend. Hmm. Hmm. Go, go and get a, go and get another mug. I might have to get another mug. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll just give that one away too. <laughs> should I get the Should I get the large one, big? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like they even one. had custom Porsche logo cupcakes last year for the Porsche Sports Car Together event in Perth. Ah, see, I had the cupcakes at Millbrook. And uh, the the emblem logo was in icing. They give you a bag of goodies. Um, they give you a show bag. No, I got there's something around here that I've got. Uh, no, I got a book on the watches. Oh, that was the thing. I did not know that if you buy a new Porsche now, you get like a a matching watch. No, that's not. You don't get a matching watch. Oh, you know, you get the option to get. Yes, one. yes. You have the to option buy one. to get yes. one. A Porsche yeah. design one. Yeah. So if you buy, and it depends on the the spec of your car. So if it's, I don't know, if it's yellow with oh, no. black leather. No, no, no. You can go on the be... Porsche design website. They've got a configurator like the car configurator for yeah, watches. How, how did I not know this? I thought, but I think, I'm sure if you buy a GC3, they've got to give you the watch. No. You've got to buy it. Yeah, of course. It's like 10 grand. What? Getting that can't be. Don't trust me on the it. Guy Wait, I did get a booklet on it, which I can't now find. 
because I threw it on the floor and there's a lot of shit on the floor and it's in somewhere with my uh, classic vinyl collection. Yeah, yeah. Pull out, pull out some gold while we're talking. Uh, you need a record player up there to just, you know, to f- zip some tunes on while we're dude. talking. I mean, the classic one is Flashdance. Oh, what a, gr- oh, what a great film. Soundtrack, motion yep. picture, Jennifer Wheels. Hottest welder ever. I know. I know. I did like the parody that uh, Ryan Reynolds did for uh, Deadpool. Uh, <laughs> what have I done with that book? It is... Ah, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So, what's your design? Oh, yeah, nice one. Yeah, yeah. And custom-built timepieces. Holy shit, it's got 60 pages. And then it's got, like, really wanky stuff in there, like this, like the vision. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how... And the big quote is from Professor... Professor Ferdinand himself. It's not the technology, but the people that makes history. I thought you... You know what I thought the quote was going to be? Mm-hmm. Does anyone know what time it is? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the manufacturer. I mean, they are nice looking watches, but I don't. Would you wear one? Look, I've got quite a petite wrist. Hence, oh, why, I I wear, hence why I wear these. They're little. It's the Kuoi Kyoto um, watches. Oh, bugger, just dropped it while I'm talking to you. I know, you just smashed it. That's right. right, I got a few. Well, the fact is, so if you bought one, right? If you bought one of these for 10 grand or whatever it is. Whatever the number is, yeah. 10 grand might be, it was a throwaway number, Ajmal. Okay, well, next week, next time we talk, we're going to find out. You're going to order one, yeah. Um, Go on the configurator. I'll go on it now. No, no, do it next time we talk. I'll do it next time. But if you bought one that matched your car, so let's say you went and bought... It's the full wank pack, isn't it? It is, yeah. If you went and bought the GT4 RS or something, right? Or, or a GT3. There's a Bugatti Chiron watch now. Oh, it just might... Mine's getting to say, oh, just... Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it gets worse. It's a smart watch. No, see that? It's made me throw my book away because do you know why? It's like having fucking screens in cars and computer shit working in there. And then in three years, if you decide to keep that car in three years, it's all just bricked anyway. It's like the Sonos thing. Remember when they sold the speaker and they went, oh, by the way, you need to buy a new one. If you put this code in, we'll just brick it and you need to throw it away. No, I didn't know it's, that. It's, it's like forced obsolescence. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah. When, when people say, so I've got an Apple Watch. <laughs> okay, good idea. I wait for the data. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, I know that that's going to be out of date in a couple of years, right? But I've got an Omega Seamaster. <laughs> you have a watch on each wrist. Yeah, I wear two watches. Uh, <laughs> one's for the data, one's for the... Time. For the, yeah. Isn't for the time data? And... Uh, yeah, but but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. This is more data. Can I tell you uh, something? Ajmal, Ajmal, watches yeah. are jewelry. Yes, they are. They're but, an extravagance. But, 
Wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait. Well, yeah, but this watch, except for that one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I've had for coming on 20 years. So it's not one of the swatch ones. Still does ones. exactly. Not one of the swatch ones. No. Yeah, okay. If anyone wants to give me one of those swatch ones, I'm, I'm perfectly open to that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, um, but, my, but my Omega one, I have worn for nearly 20 years, and it does exactly what it says on the tin. Still does exactly what it did back then. It never Whereas, had high expectations, though. It never gave you the list of a 1,000 things it could do, unlike the I, Apple I Watch know, on the other wrist. I don't know being able to go... Diving to 300 meters. Yeah, no one was ever, ever. No one was ever going to yeah. do it. In fact, I, I don't think humans pool. could go down there, can they? I've been in a swimming pool with it. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. It didn't like the reluctantly. Chlorine, I think. Yeah, but reluctantly, I hate swimming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I don't know what you're supposed to do with the helium valve though. It's got a helium <laughs> valve. Because so, it's a heavy watch, they want to make it lighter. That's probably what it is. And then if you start drowning, your watch just levitates yeah, into yeah. the top and of the water. And pulls you up, yeah, yeah. You up. So, yeah, yeah exactly. th- throughout, the o- throughout the ocean, there's all these... Um, we've, we've, segued, we've segued too far from my initial rant, yeah, okay. which is <laughs> the smartwatch, the Bugatti smartwatch. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like when Tag say, you know, we've launched a smartwatch, surely they've got to have some policy that says it's just become a bracelet after five years because Android or, you know, iOS watch or whatever operating system on it is out of date. And you could keep updating it, but the hardware becomes out of date very quickly. So I'm, I'm even in a brand new Porsche, the amount of screen stuff. And, you know, I had a Golf R, which is nearly five years old now. And while you're driving the bumpy roads in the UK, you press the wrong thing on the screen because you, you've gone over a bump and then you think oh, how the fuck am I going to get back from that screen now I'm driving at 70 miles an hour it's I'm against it buttons buttons is what we need now the Chiron watch <laughs> right you're just doing this, just doing this to one yeah yeah I yeah, am <laughs> the uh, they reckon a Chiron owner vehicle owner I yeah. heard some completely made up statistic that the average Chiron owner owns something like 42 cars. That in itself is not unbelievable, <laughs> right? Well, that's not that okay. unbelievable. It's a, you know, Chiron is okay. the pinnacle of road car by most metrics, right? Okay. Whether you like them or dislike them, I don't care, right? But that, yeah. was, a, that was the made-up statistic. I'm assuming it's made okay. up. But yeah. it doesn't seem that, un- un- that non-believable to me, right? 42 is a lot. Well, I know people that have got more than 42 watches. Yeah, but 42 watches will fit in a drawer. 42 cars will fit in your warehouse. If you've got warehouse and your Middle Eastern royalty. No, I reckon there'd be tons, tons of people that have got 40 cars. Mate, how many people on YouTube do you see, you know? Yeah, but but are they all going to have a Bugatti? A Chiron. If you've got 42 yeah. cars, you probably do, yeah. Put this way, they're not all 42 Mark III Escorts. I used to have a Mark III Escort. <laughs> That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I'd just like to point out that it wasn't just your base model. It was a 1.6 gear. Oh, gear. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. so the only difference yeah. between that yeah. and anything else had, was had it the, had uh, the Lua seats. Yeah, had intimate... Yeah, it had velour seats and intermittently working central locking. Yeah, nice, nice. The um, <laughs> no, but all, all all watch jokes aside, right? It didn't come with a watch, by the way. It didn't oh, come didn't, with a watch. didn't. Okay, no. 
No. I've had something that came with a watch once. What was that? It wasn't like a Disney watch, was it? Like Mickey Mouse. I have. I used to have a number of Mickey Mouse watches. I love them. My wife has one from when I, she was a kid. Yeah, look, no, I've had them as adult. I do like Mickey Mouse watches. <laughs> as long as they're arm mover ones. <laughs> if you could see that. I like, people always say, I like Mickey Mouse cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, naughty cars. It's a 356, remember? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you say that about the arms because my wife is, it belonged to her mum, mm-hmm. so it's that old, but it's actually a wind-up watch, so it's not yeah. one of those, like with... Quartz, in and quartz. Months. Yeah, it's not one of those. It's no. it's a wind-up one, which I did not know it was. Really? So, so I, she gave it to me. She went, it doesn't work. And I just assume it doesn't work. So I just take it down to the shop. Look, Can you put a new battery in that? And he looks at it and he goes, well, no. And I went, why not? And he went, because it's a wind-up watch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it was quite embarrassing. Yeah, it sounds Anyway, like- you, you bought something that came with a watch. I can't remember what it was now. Anyway, doesn't matter. So we got highly distracted from talking about we, portion news. This all started with what we started talking about something that was to do with portion news. What was it? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember. It started with we were talking about what? Oh, I'll tell you what I'd like to talk about with Porsche. Okay. I don't think they're going to be able to deliver a, a worthwhile 50th anniversary of the 2.7 RS. Because what the RS has become isn't what it used to be. So, lightweight, manual, high powered. Race car for the road. So for me, it will be because I, I think the GC3 is at almost the extreme of that. Almost. Yep. But you know, you still want it to be drivable. You still want to be able to go into the shops or go to, go on a long journey in it. But when you go go a little bit further and you try and you make an RS version, sure, and. Sure. You strip all that out. You know that what they're going to do is go, well, we're not going to make any manuals. We're just going to send it out as PDK because PDK yep. is better. Yeah, faster on the track. And this, and all that. Yeah, and, and, and people will go, well, okay, well, if I'm buying it, I am going, going to use it on the track. And all, and it's like when the GT4 first came out and it was, it was manual and yep. everyone was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. You know, why would you have it any other way? It's just purely about you as your your experience mm-hmm. and your user experience of this thing that you've bought and how you consume the greatness of it. But then the PDK version came out and all the influencers obviously got hold of it because they're on the embargo at first, aren't they? Yeah, they yeah. can't say anything. And they all got hold of it and they released their videos and all of them said, is this better? Is the PDK better than the manual? And, you, and you're there going, well, no, it isn't because in 20 years time, everyone's going to say, where the fuck are the manual ones? I really want one. Yep. Because everything's automatic. And it's just, it's not about, you know, it's like when Brian was talking earlier about, you know, the, the love of these things, that it's about the how you interact with it. If it's doing everything for you, well, what's the point? You can go and buy a Tesla that does not 60 and, you know, in the blink of an eye. But it's about, it's not about how fast it goes on a track. Most people will be driving on the road. 
and it's how engaging it is and how you're involved in what's happening. Uh, but eventually, I guess people will go, actually, I'm just as used to doing paddles as I am to using a gear stick. So but on that, what right, the future holds. Look, a couple of rumours I've heard thrown around. Firstly, it will be PDK with no auto. What? You have to paddle it. That's... Okay, that's one I'm of the. I imagine what that would be like. Well, no different, a, drive, a no different driving a manual. No, but I've driven a friend's car when it was his um, his auto gearbox was broken. Yep, and it only worked. You could only drive it with the paddles. Mm-hmm. I remember when you're driving it with the paddles all the time. Obviously, it'll get people driving in a certain way. Sure, but I found that when you had to do the multiple shifts through the paddles. And obviously, you always have to be aware of what gear you're in that you've selected because you don't want to be looking down every time and see, what gear am I in and what do I want to do? Do I want to go up one, up two, Which down in the middle, two, If it's a one. Porsche, it's in the middle of the taco, what gear you're in, regardless it if it's a manual it or a PDK, right? But you still have to look, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking, oh, I'll just floor it here, I'll knock it down, uh, I'll drop it down a gear, you go, oh, I'll have to drop it down two or one. It's the only, it's, that's the thing that I, I experienced when I was driving this car that had the broken sure. automatic gearbox. And it just made me think that, obviously, it's sequential, you're sequentially going down the gears. Sure. You're never going, I'm going fifth to second and flooring it. It's just something that I think I'm just so hardwired and programmed into the way that I enjoy a manual. Sure. I don't think I'd enjoy it, but obviously other people might. Yeah, that's that's way. one of the rumours I've heard about the, the new. Okay. Well, look, the 50th anniversary of the 73 2.7 RS lightweight, because that's the car we're talking about, right, mm-hmm. is due v- imminently. Would okay. we not have heard something about? Well, if in theory, like very likely – the new version of the GD3 RS, which is imminent itself as a car, mm. will likely yep. be sold as the, you know, successor to that car, the 50th anniversary, something like yep. that, or a version of that that only comes in a Visark pack with lightweight glass and magnesium wheels or something like that, right? That's how I imagine it will end up. However, mm. 50 years ago, that RS car wasn't, the track-focused weapon that a GD3 RS has been in the last three iterations. It was a sports car, high-performance sports Mm. car back in 73. It was used for Rally of Monte Carlo. It was used for, you know, Rally of Great Britain. It was used for um, 24 Hours of Nürburgring. It was was an all-rounder car. Whereas the GD3 RSs, the last three iterations, are very much purely fo- track-focused motor cars that are road legal, aren't they? Yeah. 997 GD3 RS, you know, then you've got the GD3 RS 4 litre, like the last of the 997s. Yeah. Then you've got the, GD3, the 991 GD3 RS, and, and now what's coming? The 992. Yeah, I... I, I... I'm not sure I can see. Maybe I'm just becoming a cynic. No, I've always been a cynic. What am I saying? They um, need, they need a narrow the, body 992 with we, and the GD3 motor in it 
manual, rear wheel drive, no aero. Well, you'd think that's the thing that would give people the most joy. With a full lightweight pack in it, club sport, you know, yeah. or Vysak pack in it or something like that. But whereas, I mean, are people are tons of people are going to buy it and just put it away, aren't they? They're just going to put it away. No one's going to put mileage on it. No one's going to want to take it. I can't even car. remember the last time I saw a GD3 RS on the road. And there's a lot of them ever. in Perth. I don't think I've ever seen more. No, I don't think I have. I've probably seen more McLarens than I have that. Well, McLarens are quite common, I guess, relatively speaking. But I, I'm, I'm, it's getting to the point where you just think, I can't get excited about the newer and newer and newer, newer stuff because it's going to have the GT3 engine. It's not going to be massively tuned up because I think they've hit the kind of sweet spot on the brake horsepower. Why would you want to go more than, you know, Oh, it's gonna be six, it'll be six hundred. Well, they'll have to. It has to be because it has to have something that makes it stand out from the others. But at the same time, that's the sweet spot for you know when you look at whoever's driven the new GT3 on track, they're all saying you know it's. Do you need more power than that? You only need more power if you're racing against somebody else and you're setting times. Most people go because they enjoy it. So I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Well, I don't know. It, Along these lines, the GD4 RS, mm. which everyone's raved about, right? Yep. That's essentially the spiritual successor of the 73 GD3. Oh, sorry, the 73 RS. Because it's made to do perform the Small, same Small, light, yep. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Multi-function. And, and it's kind of, I, th- I think it's it's just about in, being, it being engaging because when someone says to me, when I say, oh, the McCann GTS, PDK, just it just feels like any other modern car 90% of the time when you're driving it, yep. 99% of the time when you're driving it. And someone else says to me, yeah, but that's what the 992 is. 99% of the time, it's just like any other car because it's so easy to drive. And I don't know. I mean, I well, the like only way to remove that out of a modern car is put a third pedal in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like my sure my GD four is a nine eight one, so it's six years old. But to drive, it's an incredibly modern car, but it is so engaging just in traffic. Because mm. the clutch weighs a ton. Yep, you're right. So you're conscious the whole time of where you are all the time, and it's got you know, especially if you put it in sport mode, where you got the better throttle response and the auto blip on down on downshifting and all the that sort of tree. stuff, you know. So the whole thing's just theatre to go and buy a loaf of bread. See that? I love that. That's what I like. And even even with my 996, you have to always be thinking what you're doing yeah, and yeah. the ability to exploit it and to use that performance just for a, you know, just to put a grin on your face. It's just so readily available to push it. And even on, on, on you know, roads in the UK, you can't push it hard, um, but every now and again, you know, when I hit a, a slip road and I'm joining the motorway and then, mm-hmm. you know, second gear, floor it to the speed limit in 70 miles an hour. So it's screaming and probably dying, but it still gives me <laughs> gives me immense joy. And one of these days it probably will explode, but I just think being able to push it to a point that you're pushing the upper performance band of the car that you're in, but in a, in you know, in a GT3 RS, whenever that comes out, you don't want to be able to do that anywhere. 
unless you're on a track. Mm, yeah, look at what you'd say about it, just a standard GT3, though. Yeah, that's true. In fact, you said about a normal yeah. 992. 992 yeah. Carrera, Carrera S has got 450 horsepower. We could probably say that about you going back about 901s. I mean, how far do you go back? But I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the USP is going to be. What's the defining factor that people are going to say, yes, I want that? Your average Joe who likes a 911 and likes Porsche who goes, I want that. Because. We see this performance metric to me has gotten away from us the same way that the the buyer of that car has. Mm. Like it used to be like, I know it's not because it is a luxury item, but in the scheme of world-class sports cars, Porsche has always been fairly blue-collar compared to Lambos, Ferraris. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, early Maseratis, that sort of thing. You know, it was like the working man's uh, sports car. You know, you bought it because you wanted something that would do the job and you could use it during the week. Yeah. Okay, whereas Ferrari owners traditionally had multiple motor vehicles. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're you're right because it is getting to that point where you just think, well, what's the point of it? Is it because... I just like to be in a really cool car and I'm driving to work in it. But then most people will say, well, actually, it's still an asset that might appreciate in the future. So they try and keep the, you know, when I see a 911 Speedster from 2019. Yeah, it's got 45 kilometers on it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that one had 600 miles on it. And you go, really? Yeah, you're an idiot. Oh, yeah, if I had that site in my garage, oh, my God, I'd be in that every opportunity. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to put 130,000 miles on that thing. Yeah, exactly. And... So, you know, it's I saw um, Sam seeing through glass. He test drove uh, a 997 GT3 sure. and it had something like 200,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. And you, and it was someone who just used to drive everywhere he went. He went around Europe. He was probably a salesman or something mm-hmm. and took it everywhere he went and it was religiously serviced. And you just think, that's properly using it. It's what Magnus was saying. That's what, yeah, that's what they're for. You know, the, the classic get out and drive. We well, see, you know, this the speeds the topic came up with me going ranting on a forum recently. Mm. In, oh, actually, not a forum on social media in comment section on a video or something. And um, the three five six speedster, the original speedster, mm. was the built at the request of Max Hoffman the US importer, because they needed a cheaper car because Porsches were too dear. Speedster was built to be a budget model sports car, right? It was like $800 US cheaper to buy a Speedster than a Cabriolet. Wow. Because the cars were too dear to be competitive against Alfa Romeo and the other brands he imported at the time, right? And MGs, okay? Now... The Spider was the race car. Porsche, that Spider was always used historically as the race cars, right? You know, you got 550s, 550As, RSKs, etc. right? Wow. However, at some point, this whole thing turned around. The dearest 911 you can buy is a Speedster, <laughs> right? 
Yeah, it's supposed to be like, and they also stripped a ton of weight out to make it lighter. That's why all the people took speedsters racing back in the fifties, right? That was yeah, that was part of the appeal. You know, it was another, you know, three hundred pounds lighter or something like that because it had no windows. The roof was an option. You know, no back seats, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff. Lower windscreen because the windscreen weight was um, too great. All those sort of things. Anyway, the um, but. Surely, if we're going to, if Porsche was con- to continue that theme, they really should have just brought out a lightweight Boxster and call it a Speedster. Make it only in the two point five liter. Make it lightweight, only in manual, no aircon, right? No roof, no side windows, and make it ten grand cheaper than what a normal Boxster is. See, this goes this goes back to the thing that you first said. It's about the metric. The acceleration, speed, weight, when they become metrics, then and and I think the metric should be the the the, the customer and user experience. It should be how am I improving the experience? And are you always improving the experience just by making it faster? Probably not, because you know you'd you'd make it hybrid. You'd make well, it Lotus electric, would you'd never sell a car hybrid. if that was the case. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just think it's it's become that point where the first thing people start quoting is the weight, the speed, the acceleration. And I mean, I mean to me, it's like, you know, I, I, my, my sister used to have um, uh, a VW Polo uh, or her husband did. And I used to love that. It used to accelerate great to 25 miles an hour, yeah, yeah. which meant I could jump out, I could jump into any traffic. Yeah. Um, and it was just light. It used to, you know, corner, take bends like, in a, like you're in a boat. Just immense fun. But whereas if you go, well, actually, do I can I have the same fun in a lightweight 911 with 450 to 600 brake horsepower? Not really, because there's a specific set of circumstances that you have to be in. And we're not in those very often. So I don't know. I mean, I think you and I and Brian, who was on earlier, are probably the exceptions to a lot of rules, which is why we're... You know, if I had all the, the money, manufacturers in the world, are making the rules, anyone. Ajmal. The manufacturers are making, making the rules. They are making the rules. Because, like, in my opinion, the speed's the spider thing. Yep. Spiders, modern spiders are boxes. Modern speedsters yep. are 911s. They should yeah. have been the other way around. Yeah, because they, they did have a, was it 2018? They've never had a 911 that? spider. No, but they had a Boxster spider, didn't they? That yeah, was the, yeah. Oh, they, they, had the nine eight, they had the 987 spider. Yeah, it's supposed to be the last one. They've had a 981 spider. One. They've had, no, yeah. no, the, they've had three. And now, they, and now they've got the 718 spiders. They're with a four-liter. No, no, it's four-liter naturally aspirated one. Same oh, motor as in the Cayman uh, GDS. Okay, so that's probably why, because when my friend bought one, it was either 2016 or 18, the Boxster spider. And he bought it for something like 70 grand, brand new. Yep. And uh, he kept it for 18 months and then sold it for the same price. i got to tell you, stunning motor cars. Yeah. It, looked, was, it was amazing. It looked yeah, beautiful. It, it they looked, drive fantastically. Yeah. Oh, it looked, it, it, and it's, you know, people go, oh, it's a Boxster, but you look at it and it looked kind of. It's actually not. You know, Porsche don't call it a, spot, a Boxster. They actually call it the, the 987 Spider and. The new current model, a 718 Spider, is not called a Boxster Spider. 
it's just called a spider. Yeah. Someone hit spider. Mm-hmm. Oh, because that one, because that one, he managed to sell it 18 months later for the same price simply because people believed that it was going to be the last naturally aspirated one. I actually and think those early ones, just just before. yeah, those early ones, spiders, I reckon they're a bargain. The only criticism I got of it is they can, they were, you could get it in PDK. You know, that sort of diminished the, uh, no. I think it should have been manual only. Yeah, he had the manual. Um, but regardless, it, yeah, it still should have been called a speedster and they should have kept yep. the spider name for the 911s. <laughs> yeah, what, and but, I think it's got, it, it's just, I do uh, maybe I am just one of those people who just thinks, where is it all going? And because, you know, the, the race towards electric and then every manufacturer has got to get to a point where they're only emitting so much carbon into the atmosphere and whatnot. Um, and I know that I think with Porsche, the 911 will always stay. It will never be and not in the near future be electric anyway. They'll offset it by making everything else electric. But it'll be interesting where the future is for people, how engaging car driving will be in the future. What shits me about the whole thing is how hard it is to get the cars. Yes. Mm. You know, like, if I sold all my cars, I could probably buy a GD3 new one, right? Mm. But do you think I could get one if I wanted one? <laughs> no shit, right? So unless you unless you bought unless you've bought everything else in the dealership first, and then, and then, then I've got to wait two years to get one, right? Yeah, and when you do, you probably can't sell it for two years, and if you do decide to sell it, you've got to sell it back to them. I look, but that part of it aside, two years of expectation for me, nothing would live up to it. For delivery. Yeah. That is that is true, yeah, if it's that long that you've been waiting for it. And in that time, they've probably released another model, like the <laughs> RS or something, and yeah. you're there going, oh, I should have got that. So I don't know. I mean, it's I'm, I'm, I'm confused by what the future might be, but I guess we're going to find out soon about the GT3 RS. We'll find out um, about the, the electric future of the brand let alone the models internally, uh, sorry, the individual models. But it'll be interesting to see where they go and how it affects the experience of people who buy them for how engaging the drive is. Yep. Rather than, I'm in a 911, I'm in a Boxster, I'm in a whatever, yeah, a Cayenne. Yeah. Well, a Cayenne, McCann, whatever it might be, I, th- I can appreciate that the world is electric. And I just, you know, the fact that they're going to have, have these massive batteries just to move these huge beasts down the road. <laughs> There's just no need. Yeah. No. Um, but with with the ones that you buy for the experience, I don't, I don't know what the future is. Yep. Right then, buddy, I reckon we'll call it quits tonight. It's been yeah, amazing, as always. It's been emotional. <laughs> yeah, just just emotional. The um, just emotional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if anyone's still listening after this long thank you uh if you follow us on your preferred platform for listening to podcasts you'll be notified of our next episode as it gets uploaded we haven't been as consistent as we'd like because we both have lives uh and this doesn't generate our sole source of income however if you would like to contribute in any way whatsoever to ideas 
topics, preferred guests, please reach out to myself on Mark and Cars or Rajmal on Flat Cap Driver through Instagram DMs or Facebook for me or watch one of my videos and send me a message or same with Ajmal, please do so. Appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much for your time today, Ajmal. Thank you. It was good. And yes, in the future, we will endeavour to be more consistent on the timings. Uh, Mark Weber, I know you're listening. Just get on here. Stop messing around. And Joe and, Ricardo. Um, and Joe Ricardo. And, um, and, and obviously Honey Badger himself. Um, <laughs> we get a father and, then, and son um, show on, you reckon? Exactly. And then, um, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you very much, everyone.